is actually not a joke. I don't know who Flynn McAllister is. So there was a clip I saw on my YouTubes, my mm. suggestions, of a Power Rangers RPM scene that was so fucking weird, I had to, like, Google to see if it was a dub or if it was just real. You know that, you know when something toes that line, you're like, hmm. Yeah. It's like, Red Ranger's the, the leader one, the Black Ranger's the, the dark brooding one, the Pink Ranger's someone else, the Yellow Ranger's the girl. And who are you supposed to be? This villain says to the Blue Ranger. And they have a little sword fight, and he goes, I'm Scottish! And then they continue to have a sword fight. And apparently that's real. <laughs> that's in this. Oh. So that's fun. Huh. That. Mm. No. Mm. He's played by a New Zealand man. Well, then he's Is that appropriation? I don't know. Can't be Scottish if you're not Why Scottish. did Disney exclusively make their Power Rangers in New Zealand? Cheap. It, it was weird tax write but it's every single one of them. Yeah. Well, ladies and future boys. There's a bug. Okay. Can you hear it? No. Oh, I can hear it. <laughs> what would you like me to do about said bug? I'm going to look at the bug. <laughs> You're going to throw an empty box at a bug? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that works. Breaking my glass door didn't work. <laughs> Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that beats a, a bug that's noisy with a box. I'm totally leaving all of that in now. The only podcast that sounds like PlayStation 1 Hagrid looks. My name is Toby DePaula, and this week, it's time to continue with Season 1 of Ugly Americans. If you didn't hear Part 1, I would recommend that first. Uh, but Nah, just jump straight in. But if you had heard those, or were a fan of the show originally, you would know that halfway through the first season, there was a six-month hiatus, hence the pause in its coverage. Um, did it feel like that was six months ago? Yeah. Good, great, good. I'm sure it did. Um, You know, that's two-thirds of a baby right there, six months. Um, Anyway, it's it's time for us to round out the first season. Uh, I'm joined by my lovely cohort, uh, Producer Kyle. I'm a whole cohort. Yep. You you know that means, like, a group of people. Yeah, yeah, see, I write down blank guests because I don't know who's going to come in when I write them. I mean, you didn't want to change it to co-host? Maybe I was trying to spell co-host. My my big gang, my panel of guests, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm secretly fat. <laughs> okay. Um, Kyle, I would like to make an apology to you. Thanks. Because now that I've finished rounding out and like going thoroughly over all the episodes of this show, uh, you were put in charge of probably the worst episode of the season, the yeah. the Larry King one. Yeah. Which probably hurt your opinion of the show overall. It is quite likely. 
But I have bed socks on and they have snorlaxes on them, so I'll forgive you this time. No. Okie dokie. I underline this time, however. We jump straight back into Ugly American style with an episode that I thoroughly enjoy, Better Off Undead. Uh, We dive directly into the classic stylized monochromatic cold openings that we saw in the first half. Again, maybe listen to that first. Um, And, of course, we've got outdated references right off the bat, too, as we've got the bear trap from Saw. Mm. Did you ever see the first Saw movie? No. No. Do you know the bear trap? No. The the reverse bear trap on the mouth? No. You've you've never seen it. You don't know a reference. Really? Are you really surprised by that? It's just, it's one of those pop culture things. It exists. In in what? In lots of things. It's like an iconic icon. Iconic icon. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but what would I be watching where they could reference that and it not be weird? I don't know. Look, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a bear trap in reverse, but all the spikies are like, I guess, already embedded into the gums of your mouth. So when it snap open, it, it make you um gross. Right. Mm. So that's what that is. Yeah, it references that. Like, um, the, the it's very ugly Americans. It's hyper stylized. It's references that don't make sense today, but still kind of fun. Do you know the children don't know the "Where Is the Love" song by the Black Eyed Peas? That's funny to think about. Do you reckon they know about the controversy of "Let's Get It Started" and then its non-radio edit version? Good times. Remember when Fergie may or may not have allegedly peed in her big cargo shorts at the concert? History's happening whether you're there or not, my friend. You gotta be careful. Sadly, for most of it, I've been there. Yep. Yep, the style and old references, um, it's just some of the show's key elements. But Kaya, what is the other um, key element that uh, we liked about the first half that you're not gonna see? Um, do you remember a thing we liked about the show? It clearly looks like you're trying to... Uh, I was hoping you still have the word open on your computer or something. Um, background details. Okay. And look, I knew that you were going for a stylized answer there. Yeah. And I was worried I was going that for I was going to be the wrong one. Um, but you did enjoy the, the little stuff in the background throughout. Yeah. It has lots of creatures of the Black Lagoon. And it does. They seem to take on the Italian role of New York City, which is a weirdly specific thing. Like, they're all the cab drivers, and one of them's, like, a main mob dude. Like, one of them's, like, a, a loan shark. Like, it's, it's... Every stereotype that should be Italian is just a swamp man now. Yeah. Do you know that Grunkle Stan wears a creature of the Black Lagoon mask in the first episode of Gravity Falls? I believe so. He does. Because mm. I watched it today. Okay. Twice. Good work. Um, yep, so background details. After the title card, we see Mark and Randall's kitchen. There's a cereal box labelled Maggot Loops. Uh, Randall is eating cheesy fingers, but they've clearly got fingernails, so they're not like cheesy puffs. Yep. Um, and October on the calendar is labelled as Callie's period. Mm. All of October. The whole thing. Get it all done in one, I guess. I would actually probably prefer that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this show's universe, so fleshed out. Whether it's the background details or the bullshit made-up history, is really well built. I, I can't think of a show with that much level of detail. But I think that's an adult swim thing. 
I mean, it's, like a, you, it's, it's very Venture Bros. You think of the Venture Bros universe. My comparison was going to be, like, Futurama, but a lot of... I think I think it's got the problem with being an old show about the future, whereas a lot of its um history events can't happen now. Yeah. Like, the suicide booth did not come in 2008. Nope. Um, Conan O'Brien was drafted into World War Three, I think. But, um... I, th- I think this has more detail to it because, like, those, like, things that happened in history weren't just you chalked up as weird jokes, like, in Futurama. Yeah, yeah I get that. And Adventure Bros does it too, you're right. It's, it's got a very Golden Age comic aesthetic to it, which it likes to tap in on. Mm. But I, I can't think of anything else this intricate. And then it's just wasted on, like, office work humour. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yep, the, sh- the show's all also very full of plot, so mm-hmm. let's get into that. Randall spends the episode trying to get over Crystal, which you recall as the girl he turned zombie for. As you do. Um, do you want to quickly run through who Randall is? Um, he's a just, zombie. Just to recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Mark roommate. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty fancy boy. He's a fancy boy, huh? Yeah. Okay. He was in. He was in the um Jersey Shore TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what he does to get over Crystal in this episode is he joins the cult of zombology, or zombiology, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, and I fucking adore this this story and this episode for the simple fact that Xavier Gates, the uh, leader of the cult, is very clearly zombie Jim Jones. Yeah. Very clearly, and I like that he's doing... He definitely doesn't sound like Jim Jones, he kind of sounds like Skeletor a little bit. <laughs> But he is a delight. I love the character design. Like, he, you can tell just by the way his hair and his sunglasses sit that he's definitely a Jim Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, the show's ca- catering to my type of nonsense, which is rare and exciting. Uh, well, you know, while he's in this cult, he has to learn to, like, be more of a zombie and less integrated into standard society. Gotta get like, back to those zombie roots. Yeah. Speaking of roots, he's got to crawl out of graves. You know, and he's got to learn how to break through doors again. And he's he's watching, like, brain fetishizing propaganda and stuff. It's great. Mm, it's, brains. It's, it's silly. It's good. Um, meanwhile, with Mark and his canceling session, they're dealing with a second two-headed creature. Um, there's one in the main group. Yes. In his uh, immigrant cancel sessions. And we learn about the weird superiority abuse problems that this species of person slash creature have yeah um often the right head will be an abusive husband allegory to the left head uh mark separates these two via surgery and the left one becomes mark's roommate while randall's away yes you do it's weird mark sort of naturally starts being a bossy asshole to the creature without realizing Mm. I, i don't know how their system works but it's odd they're just they're so subservient that people just like neglect to be friendly at all they're annoying yeah. Um, and it gives birth to a new head. Mark ends up putting the two back together and just kind of washes his hands of the whole situation. Because while he means well, usually, he will either get bored of a thing or he's just bad at his job and he ends up fucking things up anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Which, he's not done fucking things up in this episode, I tell you. So, um... We're just beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the left head has moved back in with the other one, mm-hmm. Mark needs Randall back. So Leonard, uh, the the drunk wizard man, um, who is is Mark's, you know, technically superior, but is his office buddy. Mm. Um, 
This episode, he's obsessing over bank robberies for no reason in particular. Um, he uses his drunken magical abilities to turn Mark into Crystal to give Randall closure so he will come home. Uh, then when you expect the episode to kind of wrap up, you realize there's still a lot left in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall already left the cult because at a certain point it requires payment. Yeah. Um, leaving Mark trapped in Crystal's body uh, as it rapidly ages... Um, and the only way to break the spell is to fuck a man to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving, yeah, it's it's rapidly aging. Um, he's gonna die soon, and that's where Grimes comes into the equation. We like Grimes sometimes. We like Grimes when he's not the main character of yeah. an episode, which which is weird. I can't think of other, anything to compare him to, but he's one of those ones where it's like that guy is a great side character. Yeah. Um, I guess he's like a Sheen from Jimmy Neutron, who seemed like a great character, and then he had a spin-off and it sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he has to um, he's online dating old women <laughs> during the background of the episode, so he ends up fucking this version of Mark. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? Um, yeah. What, what do you think of that episode? It's okay. It, I like it's set up because it's one of those ones that has um, a lot of them usually have like a lot of like A plot, B plot, C plot, yeah, etc. But this is one of those ones that has like a real A one, a little B one, yeah, and then like the C, D, and E's are happening like concurrently through the background. Yeah, you don't which focus it, on them for a change. They're not necessarily stories so much as like. Two build-up jokes and then a joke yeah. at the end. Like, Leonard is doing one of the therapy sessions for no reason with Mark, and he's like, I just can't stop thinking about robbing banks. And then when they're talking to him for advice he's um, oh, about turning into Crystal, he's, like, just in a bank. Mm-hmm. And then when they call him to be like, Mark, um, Randall's not here, I'm rapidly aging, what do I do? He's, like, in a balaclava running from police, and he's got the, like, classic sack of money. <laughs> yeah. I like Leonard. <laughs> he trouble. Um, but that's the thing. He's not even trouble. He's just not great. I think he's trouble, but he's like... He's helpful to everyone around him. But if you're like not in his close circle, he is a chaotic thing that you need to avoid because he's going to rob your bank. Or that one time he talked a troll into terrorism. That's the thing. <laughs> like shit like that. He's very chaotic neutral. Hmm. Nothing he does is gonna get someone like straight up killed. I just mentioned a terrorist damn. attack, but continue. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't go through with it. No, it ended up being staged. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he, he's very chaotic neutral because he's happy to help people, but he's also a piece of shit to other people. Yeah. But, yeah. More on him later because we've got one of the he's, shows he's like highlights chaotic neutral. Up. He he's, he's his board. legs are so wide. That he has one foot in chaotic good and one foot in chaotic evil, and he's just giggling the entire time. Yeah. Oh, actually, this tangents well, because that episode I was thinking about is the next episode. Yeah. Kill Mark Kill. How does one eat mermaid pussy? That's not a part of the title. That's a question I immediately asked during this episode. In a plastic bag. But we all know that 
cats can stay alive underwater so long as they're in a plastic bag. Oh, my God. So how do you think a mermaid would keep a cat in a plastic bag? I'm glad we found the time. Good work, Aya, that you to A, bring up Anacenti's <laughs> fucking time at the New 52 with her cat woman and her fucking and her Joker's daughter and her lack of scientific knowledge because she doesn't know what suffocation is. I'm glad you managed to squeeze that into our Comedy Central animated series episode. Thank you very much for that. You're so fucking proud of yourself, too. Look at your face. I will forever sneak that in always. For listeners because at home, everyone needs to know. For listeners at home, a cheeky Kaya giggle <laughs> looks exactly like a cartoon of a devious mouse giggling. There's probably everyone one in Disney. That's a good example. Then they put a cat in a plastic bag and then they jumped in the river and the cat was fine. Yeah. And that's DC, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's just her. She did bad things for Marvel too. Re- remember that time when Catwoman highly associated with crows? Yes, they're my spirit animal, says Catwoman. You fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about that. Okay. It really makes me happy. Alright. Alright, so yeah, he's going down on a mermaid at the start of this episode, which just blitzed my mind because I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how fish Maybe do Maybe it's things. like Luca. Uh, they're, they're no, but she's underwater. He's wearing a snorkel for it. They're technically sea monsters. Hmm. But if they dry off, they turn into real boys. Yeah. And girls. Apparently, if you want to watch a Disney underwater adventure about an underwater chi- like child or teenager who wants more out of their life and wants to go to the land, just watch Little Mermaid. Or Luca. If you want pasta. Racist. There's pesto pasta. Alright, Kill Mark Kill. This is a very Leonard heavy episode. Uh, it's great. His nemesis returns from the well on TV, like like the ring. Um, this nemesis isn't someone we've seen before. And it continues my fucking parables with the, with Rick and Morty. Oh, I just wanted to point out, I do know the well from the ring. Bingo, good work. Alright, so... You know how all the... There's con- I don't think I've even written down now because I'm from episode one of this coverage but there's lots of like little details here that i see in rick and morty now Mm -mm. which feeds into my theory that this show just came at like the worst possible time for itself yeah because like this episode has a bunch of little clone creatures fighting each other which screams the me6 fight to me yeah it's almost identical and now we're revealing a nemesis which is very topical because the season five debut just happened, like which, yesterday. which is about a nemesis. Oh, I see. Hmm. Right. So apparently community is completely stolen from recess and Rick and Morty is mostly stolen just as a sci-fi instead of demonic version of ugly Americans. All right, moving on. I'm sorry. I just ran into my own notes, hmm. which there's, there's been things happening since I read it, I guess. Um, yep, so the Nemesis shows up, he's crawling out of the TV, and Leonard stops him from breaching into our reality halfway, so he gets stuck two-dimensional. Yeah. Um. Like, um, in Gravity Falls, when, um... When they become stop-motion, like, they go the other way? No, when they, remember, he photocopies himself, and one of them comes out flat. <laughs> yeah, the, the sad one, the sad dipper. Yeah. Um, dipper, that's it. 
So, yeah, he's, he's like, stuck on a poster. It's weird. Um, and that's the last thing Leonard can do with his wand before it gets water damaged from being in the hot tub with the mermaid. Of course. So the world building in this episode, again, always really well done, um, revolves around the president of these United States, zombie Abraham Lincoln. Of course. Uh, as a zombie, he helps minotaurs escape their mazes, he helps leprechauns get their rainbows, and he invented the sunroof in automobiles in this version of reality. Of course. It's literally just to keep his hat, his big stove, stovepipe hat, yeah. on while he's driving the car. It has to have a window <laughs> to stick his yeah. hat out. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, in this reality, he and Leonard have a history. Leonard was his bodyguard on the night of his assassination and inadvertently helped John Wilkes Booth escape. Mm. Um, Mark, trying to help Leonard get a new wand, snaps his old one because he's having like a weird midlife crisis reaction to his wand not working. And he's like, we have to, um, I can't think of the word, rip the bandaid off, I guess. Mm. So he snaps it, blowing up Leonard. Well, that's good. Kaboom, it's, it's a really shocking moment. Like he starts bending it and he's like, Mark, don't do it. And he's like, it's for your own good. He goes, Mark, that's my life force. And it just like literally explodes. Yeah. And goes everywhere. It's awesome. So after the funeral, it's revealed by his hologram that he will become 500 tiny Leonards. This, this is how wizards work. I don't know if this is covered in your Harry Potter books. But when a wizard dies, all the pieces of the dead wizard become 500 tiny versions of themselves. Mm. This is based on absolutely nothing. I've never heard of any remotely close. Yeah. This is absolute bullshit. But it's fun. Um, as, they, as each of the 500 die or are killed... The rest of them will grow a little bit until one remains and becomes the real Leonard again. Mm. All right. Um, and that's what makes this a fun episode. It's all the little tiny gnome Leonards still with beards but no clothes. Yeah, they're naked. Do you like their weird, like, pitched up voices? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're great. Um, it's very weird and all the deaths in this episode are really fun. Except for, like, when the other ones grow, they kind of act like they're having an orgasm like they do like a ah uh, you know i mean they are you know it's, getting bigger it's yeah it's nasty they, they're growing in size um, you know what they say size matters mm-hmm. uh, my personal favorite is the one that gets into a man's van at the playground <laughs> not just any man though kyle brian peppers you were very excited by this dude the call-out references in this show are so fucking delightful. Like, who... Even then, who does that? Who puts a Brian Peppers reference on television? Would you like to briefly explain who Brian Peppers is? In the you-the-man-now-dog era of the internet, mm-hmm. before memes, I guess, but kind of where they started, there was a um character that used to pop up a lot with... Um, a strange. I'm just gonna get Kai to describe his face because that's really all he is—just a creepy face on a man. And then, like, some people take credit for him. Some people say he's their dead brother, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's one of those classic. None of us have an actual answer, so no one of us can believe anyone. Kind of vibes. Um, he's he's. I don't remember what the disease is called, but Google it. It's fun. Mm. He, he used to pop out of, like, mailboxes and closets and rapiers as far as the internet was concerned. Here he is on a Stormtrooper body. Oh, 
that's nice. This is not nice. That's on Pinterest. There he is as a um Adelaide Crows football player. What the fuck? Um, Wang does a good video that explains all that stuff. But it is dazzling to see that. Out of all, he's not a real person in the show. Like he doesn't have a voice actor or anything like that. But still, like that's one of the most jaw-dropping cameos I've ever seen anywhere. Mm. Um. So when it's revealed that the nemesis and Twain, who you remember as like the the pay pants demon of the group, the shitty boss, mm. um, they're both going to assassinate Zombie Lincoln. Yes, because there's Lincoln. So they're trying to get Leonard to save Lincoln this time so he has closure. So they bring in Grimes, um, who is for some reason a bounty hunter in this episode, dressed like Dog the Bounty Hunter, because of course. Well, what, how else are you going to put his life in danger? I don't know. Yeah, he's got to help kill all the escaping Leonards so that one can remain and save the president. Um, I definitely would recommend this episode. It's really weird. This one is actually a fun one. I will I will give this one the question mark of approval. <laughs> it's about as close as you get on this one. This show's not really your jam. Most things are not my jam. It's it's too horror-y based for little Kyle. It's not that it's horror-y based, it's just... It's half immature, half based in a horror reality. Mm. I don't know why it doesn't jazz my cherries. Now I'm confused with where that came from. Where it's going. Hmm. Where it went. Who am I? Where am I? When am I? Why am I? Oh no, I know why am I. Okay. You ready to talk about next episode? Let's do it. Did you have any favorite Leonard deaths? Did you like the one that gets stuck in the cake mixer and goes down with the cake? That just reminds me Did you like them killing each other in the bathroom? Did you like... The one, it doesn't die, but do you like the one that's hiding in the medicine cabinet just licking Vicodins, waiting for everything else to blow over? <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> the pill-popping one? Yeah. The one that just lands face down on the slide at the playground and just doesn't get back up. <laughs> there are a few questionable ones. Isn't there one that gets taken away by a bird? Yeah. <laughs> it's like picked up by a hawk or a falcon. Alright, so next episode is Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, this this is one of the lower tier ones for me, but this is one in which a Donald creature from the Black Lagoon Trump stereotype man. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm-hmm, is campaigning to be the mayor of New York City. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A little bit predictive, but Simpsons predicted it harder, I believe. Um. So he is a scumbag, but has a deal with the devil, so he thinks he's going to win the um, mayoral election anyway. The devil in question is Twain, because of course he would make a shitty deal like this. Like this. The, the guy sucks. His name's Fitzy. He spends most of the episode literally just having sex scandals and trafficking zombie prostitutes, killing other prostitutes, and sexing one that was a dolphin. Yeah. Um, his story arc has a Charles Manson cameo, so thumbs up there. I don't know how in history that works out, so I'm assuming he just became a, a celebrity in this version of reality. Because he's still alive in... I mean, he was alive in the early 2000s. He didn't. He, he aged a lot better in Carter than he did in real life, is what I'm leading towards there, I guess. 
Life outside of prison is probably better than life inside of prison. Um, at some point, Fitzy, the creature yeah. with the Trump hair, um, is sucked into helicopter blades and fucking dies. Yay. Nice and gory there. He doesn't become the mayor because of this. And Twain is taken to demon court for unprofessional demon practices. Me. Uh, this has some funny scenes in it, like this court stuff. Like, um, And I always... Twain's another one of those characters where it's like, I don't like... He's really good as a side character. And in this episode, he still kind of is because he's up against Fitzy and Mark being dragged along to try and help the campaign. Yeah. So he's it, it's still a good Twain episode. And I just I love when he thinks he's got the upper hand and he's all confident, but he is clearly getting, like, fucking wrecked at every turn. Like, he's getting his... He is, like, clearly going to lose this court case. Oh, he's and they're gone. showing footage of his demon competence. Yeah. And it's, like, him and this little... This girl, like, when he's a child, like, they're both maybe 13. And they're sitting in her room. <laughs> and she goes, I'll show you yours if you show me mine. And he goes, okay. And she pulls out, like, a big rubber band ball from her bag. And she's like, look at it. And she looks over and he's got his dick out. And she panics and fires a gun at it and shoots him in the dick. Mm. And I, just, I love the weird line of, Mom, Twain hurt himself. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, just a weird way. I mean, it's delivered a lot better than what I'm saying, but it's a weird quote no, but of look, this kid shooting someone and then being like, oh, he hurt himself. It's, it's very common. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is your advice of the episode. Shoot Don't it, put a gun down your pants because the amount of misfires that happens in that situation and the amount of people that have lost either a butt cheek or a not butt cheek. Eight Mile had one. Yes. Yeah. Um... It, it actually happens more than you would think. So your waistband of your pants is not a good place to put a gun. Stark does it all the time and you're fine with it. No, I still think he's stupid too. Fair enough. I bet he's got a lot of like very specific scars. Mm. Um, I like one of the other videotapes of his like incompetence is him like buying an absolute piece of shit lemon at a used car dealership. And... That he's like looking in on the, he's like looking through the window in the dashboard, and the car salesman, like you know, typical like fat balding mustache, very classic car salesman, just kind of like gets real close and and in the girl's voice, the thirteen year old girl's voice goes, "Do you remember me, Twain?" and shoots him in the dick again. Yeah. <laughs> like what? So fucking dumb. Um, and then he pays like six hundred dollars to eat pancakes and stuff. Like like he's he sucks. He just does whatever he wants. I know, but what he wants usually sucks. You, you know what? He's he sucks to like a Rick and Morty Jerry level. Yeah. But he doesn't. But he has like the confidence of a Rick. Yeah. <laughs> he just has no justification for it. He's just such a dud. It it is a small dick with big dick energy and a small dick. Mm. That is an absolute tic tac with like a meter long dick energy. Yeah. That's um, great. So the B plot in this one is weird. Uh, Randall wants to fuck a great brain. Ha ha ha! Guy, can you quickly explain what the great brain be? Um, it is a brain and a spinal cord. Just like floating around. They float around. They've got an eye. They have one eye, specifically one eye, like the um, the brain that wouldn't die movie poster. Yeah. Which annoyed Frank Hemmenlotter because it's not in that fucking movie. It's just on the poster. Yeah. So he made sure to put it in his 1990 film Frankenhooker. Yeah. Which is always a favourite of mine. I think you've introduced it to quite a few people now. I take it everywhere I go. Um, 
But, but yeah, they're like floating, very condescending. Yeah, it's very, very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm Canadian. And usually only fuck other great brains. Yeah. Yeah, um, the one that we meet in this episode that he starts having an affair with is um the wife of the one at the council meetings. Yeah. It's like I I just I love his rant in the first episode in the pilot where he's like, I am the great brain. I come from a world of advanced technology far beyond your comprehension. And Mark is like, aren't you an immigrant from Canada? And he goes, they are advanced. We invented bacon. Like He says it like really aggressively. I mean, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, Bacon's great. This this B plot with the lady ends with a cuck twist pretty well. Before the cuck was an internet trendy thing. Mm. Called it. <laughs> Good predictions. Or just um, brain smooshing in the closet. Only time will tell. I like that bit. And the, the female great brain is just doing a Jennifer Coolridge impression. Yeah. Like, it's very... I don't think it's her. No, it wasn't, because I had to check. Because yeah. it is so no, fucking on the money. It's almost as good as the non-Susan Sarandon include. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm still annoyed. I, I know, you're still dazzled. I watched that entire film, and I was 100% certain. Oh, we were both on board, yeah. You pitched that movie to me as half of the characters from Rocky Horror playing Clue. You fucking lied. lied. You did. I lied so hard. You lied so hard you lied to yourself. But that movie is good. I know. Well, I'm sure you'll cover it on the podcast. Possibly. Yeah. So next episode, according to IMDb, because the DVD selection screen, I should have clicked play all, but I didn't. Um, The menus, they're all just like blotted all over the screen. So even the direction buttons on your remote has a tough time. Mm. So I'm never confident. I'm going with IMDb here. It's called Hell for the Holidays. Um, in this episode, this is another good one, I think. I think this got better in the second half. I mean, they had six months to write it. I guess, but... I don't know, I think once it found its footing... But a, a, lot of, it, a lot of shows are really bad for, like, a season and a bit. Oh, yeah. But that six-month hiatus polished it up so good. Um, in this episode, Mark goes to Callie's family summer home for the holidays. Um, it's the holiday of... Sawin. Yeah, it's Sawin. But I don't know what Sawin is, so I was trying to remember if I spelled it right or if I spelled it specifically how to pronounce it on the episode because sometimes I write things phonetically for my own benefit. I will Google Sawin. Okay. So this is the replacement of Halloween. Again, fucking amazing world building here because, of course, a world with warlocks, goblins, and demons would think Halloween is super fucking racist. I mean... Yeah. Yep. So Halloween fell out of favor after the riots in 1979. Uh, the rest of the world building in this episode is about hell itself. Um, like Callie goes with Mark and the council group to do a tour of old hell, like where they make demons. Um, before the holiday, like before they all go their separate ways and they discuss how demons are manufactured and how most of hell is just upscale shopping now. <laughs> you good? I googled Sawin. Is it like a Wiccan holiday or something? No. Um, it Isn't is it the guy in front of this vision? The indecencies of illegal poaching and selling of red pandas. That ain't it. <laughs> in the global black market. Um, so Sawin stands for South Asia Wildlife Enforcement Network. Oh, see, I definitely didn't spell that right. So that's not what Sawin is. It is also the fifth month of the Hindu calendar. 
My name Rain? Oh, it's got an M in it. That's why I was struggling. It's, it's spelled like Sam Hain. Is a Gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season and beginning of the winter or darker half of the year? Oh, that's That'll Halloween. be what Halloween's based on. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Halloween's Eve. See, that's smart. Instead of going with... Halloween's racist, so they had to take it back to its uh, roots. Pagan roots. Before it was all like vampires and Speaking ghouls and goblins, which, which is like the blackface of this reality. Ladies and gentlemen, you should listen to our The History of Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. We did that. Or just any of our October episodes up to this point. Our, our October. We're pretty consistent on October. We have not done a suck-off in like three years. Our October. <laughs> that's COVID. Oh, yeah. Can't suck off during COVID. <laughs> no, it goes against mask mandates. <laughs> that was the worst title for an ongoing thing. We suck. We're our own suck off. Alright, so... Yeah, Hal, I like that demons are made in a factory. Of course. And I like that it's... Hal's basically just a mall. But again, with that black lighting, sort of high contrast... Stuff which looks cool and reminds me of like a lot of Batman books these days. Like everything since the New Fifty Two started doing it. It's a little cool world. It's pretty cool world's um got like more of a grey tone, but like the hyper style. Um, monkey bone. (laughs) Monkey bone. That uses like dramatic lighting and stuff. Mm. Um. Well, at the I was su- gonna say, what's the other cool world? And I'm like, you're not gonna know what I'm I know exactly about. what you mean because it's in that sub 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 genre of movies where the guy creates a. Th- no, 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 that doesn't even fall into it. This is more specific than that. It's where the creator of an art form falls into said art form <laughs> and hijinks ensue. I know that's it's- like four or five movies. Look, I have bangers I- all of them. I have to reach out to the podcast. I need them to find something for me because it might just be a like fever dream that I had as a child. Okay. There used to be a show. It was either on Channel 7 or Channel 2. Australian television for those outside. And it was kids that fell into their father's computer Damn. game. It's not Cyber Chase, is it? No. It was live action. Cyber Chase. It was on an cool. island... And I'm pretty sure, like, the last episode, there was a huge storm, and that was how they got back. I don't know. I know this is definitely not what you're talking about, but do you remember when they had to, like, go to the island and do a cooking show? Yes. <laughs> With the big yeti thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was British. Fucking A, dude. Okay. All right, so, um, Mark, well, at the summer home, has to fight Twain to the death for, I guess, ownership of Callie. Um, they wiggle out of the situation in a fun way. It's good. I'm not going to specifically spoil that stuff. It has a lot of good twists and turns. Um, it's a fun time, that one. Very chaotic and on brand for the series. It does leave you, like, you think you work it out, and then immediately you're like, yeah. Yeah, it keeps dicking going. around with itself. Yeah. Um, I also like, for some reason, every Sarwin, um, Callie's dad, who is like the Satan, the Lucifer, will kill his wife and get a new wife. Yeah. But it's such a casual tradition, like, the wives meet each other at Salwyn. <laughs> like, it's... I and don't it's know, fun it's because fun. Mark's not used to it, because it's his first one. Yeah, and he's very... He's a milquetoast little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. All the world building's so fun. Do you like the wives that Satan has in this? The one with the lobster hands and just, like, the empty eye sockets is fun. Yeah. I like her in the first episode. They're you see her when she's creatures. like, she clearly doesn't have eyes. 
So she, you can, like, while he's talking, you see her in the background. She's, like, trying to reach with her lobster claw for a glass of champagne and just can't, like, find it. Apparently I missed it. likes that one, too. It's a good one. Um, next episode. Oh, shit. I thought the troll terrorism was last episode. No. So I spoiled this. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Trolling for Terror. That's next on our list. And in this one, Randall gets into reality TV and Mark tries to get a bridge troll to adjust to city life. Yeah. Um, I hate this one. He is only involved in the troll's life for a little bit before handballing him off to Leonard so he can talk to Randall about the reality TV show he's on, making him look more like a scumbag than he actually is. Why do you hate this episode? I don't like the producer. Me either, but I love the Leonard and the troll bits so much. Like, again, it's just, like, little jokes that just continue to snowball until the climax of the episode. Like, him teaching the troll how to get out of loan shark debt by having a fake knee. So when they, like, break your knees with a baseball bat for not paying them, you can scream and cry and pretend and then, like, jump out of the ambulance after the fact. Yeah. His life lessons are a bit odd. Look, he's very flexible. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so because Leonard is involved, the troll will escalate into a full-blown terrorist attack later. Yes. But that's later in the episode, so we'll, we'll come back to that. For now, though, Callie makes Mark visit the set, mostly just to see the thing for herself. Uh, but while there, the TV producer and host, a very Australian Clark Dungaree, becomes obsessed with Mark, even banging his mother within mere minutes of meeting him. But he's obsessed with... Mark, because Mark doesn't like his TV show. I think that, yeah, it's, it's just... That's I, the I, only reason. Yeah, totally. He's like, oh, oh, you don't like my, my stuff? I'll fucking show you. Um, after a very nice Leatherface cameo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, uh, Clark starts editing Mark into the show, sponsored by Foster's. Um, look, we know that's supposed to be a stereotypical brand, but uh, Kyle, this is a personal pet peeve of yours. Mind taking it away? It's not a pet I just think it's. I just feel like you bring it up shockingly, amount, like a lot. So, go on. So, Fosters. Americans believe that Australians drink Fosters. Foster, Australians thought the Fosters went out of business. I didn't know it was still around until stereotypes. Literally, like, I, I went to play mini golf with some of my American friends, and they were like, oh, look, they sell Fosters here. And I was like, they what? Because I legitimately thought it went out of business, like, 15 years ago? That's how long ago I thought Foster's was done. It's ex- I'll come back. Keep talking. Like, it's just- it's not a thing that anyone here drinks, talks about, It is exclusively an import brand based entirely on lying to Americans that it's a trend here. Yeah. Like how KFC tricked Japan into thinking KFC is an American tradition at the holidays. It's also, like, I just find... We also don't put shrimp on Barbies. They're called prawns, you fucking idiot. But that's the whole thing, like... You cowboys. I'm not going to stop going to Australian Outback, but Australian Outback is super racist. Yeah, but you always find it funny. And then you eat the onion soup or whatever. No, I get mad at their weird accent. Yeah, and then you eat the big onion. And then I eat the French onion soup. Which is also not a thing I can ever... I've never seen one out here. Do you know I found an Australian Outback restaurant here? Yeah. Do they do the accent? Technically, yes, because they're Australian, so... 
No, there's a difference between like they do hearing. It well. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference between hearing Australian and living in Australia. They do do blooming onions though, and um, the fried mushrooms. All right. So as a nation, we don't have fosters. We don't have shrimp. You can't. We call don't it, have blooming you, onions. You can't call it walkabout bread. It's damper. No, they have a brown loaf of bread, and it's called walkabout bread. Isn't it damper though? No. Then it doesn't make any sense it's even just anywhere. Brown bread. With brown butter. bread. <laughs> Going walkabout is a traditional Indigenous Australian rite of passage. Hmm. It's rump springer bread. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we don't drink Fosters. Alright, you, 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 you got that. You got that out of your system now. Great. We don't drink Fosters. We drink Great Northern or Victorian Bitter, which is disgusting. No one drinks Victorian Bitter anymore or either it's... because they changed their formula and lost everything. Hang on, but you can smell like them. Victoria Bitters brought out its own male cologne because they're trying to do like the KFC thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have Red Rooster as well. I don't think Americans know what Red Rooster no, is. No, our Burger Kings are called Hungry Jacks, and they keep fucking with McDonald's. And it's Google hilarious. the shit out of that. They've got a big jack, and there's nothing McDonald's can do to stop it. And currently, they're playing Uno instead, instead of, of Monopoly. Because yeah. they do Monopoly in the States. And they did the um, Hungry Jacks Cafe instead of the McCafe. I'm so excited for them to bring out a fucking clown mascot, because it's happened one day. I mean, I know they had mascots. Yeah, but they were like children. The Hungry Jacks gang. They were just kids. One specifically had a wheelchair. They looked like PBS kids. I remember when they changed the um, mascots for the kids' bank accounts with Commonwealth Bank. It was really upsetting. They went from being like hermit crab people to being like actual people. Gross. So Night Terrors is the um, Jersey Shore knockoff the Randall is on. Because they're all like mythical beings. Yeah. There's a pixie and a zombie. The pixie's a big slut. Yeah. And others. Yeah. Um, it isn't the only show Mark is forced into because um, he signed a um, what he thought was a waiver to get in, like an NDA, but ended up just giving like all of his rights and his mum's sex <laughs> to uh, Mr. Clark Dungaroo. So uh, he's also uh, knocked out pumped full of human fat and put on the tubbiest fatty. Yeah. Which is just my biggest loser. Like, this, the title card's the same and everything. Um, he's then, like, stapled to look like the infamous Bat Baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is then the Bachelor. Uh, he's also, help, I'm a terrorist, get me out of here. And the last one, which brings back the troll terrorism story arc, is called... This is not a reference to another one. I'm going to fuck with you, Mark Lilly. Yeah. Um, the troll partook in, all, like, his terrorist thing was him agreeing to help Clark Dungaree in order to get a game show. Which I love because like he's... Riddles. Yeah, that's his problem. He's having trouble adjusting to city life because he just wants to live under a bridge and tell riddles. Yeah. So he gets a game show. He sleeps in a pile of paychecks. Yeah, which he doesn't open. <laughs> He didn't know what they were. He was not interested. Just no sleeping. one explained them to him, which I feel is meant to be Mark Lilly's job. Yeah. So technically him fucking with Mark Lilly is like... Again, I like I like Mark, but 
You shouldn't, because at first glance, he's like the most annoying, heartfelt bitch character. No, but- he's a, he's an office worker who does the minimum. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, once you start like watching, you realize a his milk toast good boy behavior is funny because it's in contrast to like literal demons and horror and bullshit everywhere he goes. And B, he's not even that good at that stuff anyway, and he ends up being probably worse than the other ones anyway. Yeah. Sucks. But in, you know, a way that works. Um. <laughs> Alright, Kaya, the finale of the first season. Yes. The Man Birds. I, mm, I don't know. This one gets pretty, like, Might be okay. grotesque. Yeah, I was I was going to say I don't like this episode, but then I was like, I don't hate the episode either. It's good, it's just like, um... It's just kind of there. I have a theory about it, which I may have written down at some point. But that's but we're gonna find out a after. theory. Yeah. This episode starts with a parody of Alfred Hitchcock's film The Birds, which is no warning to how much blood and piss is in this episode. No. This episode is solely based around the man birds, and they've appeared in the background of a lot of episodes, but... Here, of course, the world building needs to fill you in on how they work. The Department of Integration is closed for the week for renovations by Twain, who is dressed like Dick Tracy the whole episode for some fucking reason. They don't really explain that. No, they don't. Because he ends up like in like a weird boxing side story, <laughs> which yeah. doesn't answer the question either. Um, so Mark takes the council group to the museum to see the man birds exhibit. Um, here we learn that a New York cab driver went to their native island in 1967 and brought two home because he thought they were funny. Uh, Which, one- look, I understand on looking at them. Yep. Uh, once in New York, they learned to swear like New York cab drivers, and they learned to eat spare change. Mm. Uh, the other important detail here is they are nude except for they wear socks, and they have a heavily feathered like weight that covers their penis and balls. Even the females. Mm. I'm not saying it covers female parts. I'm saying they have penis and balls. Yeah. Great. All right. So that brings you up to speed on man birds. So after the... Um, not really, because... They say suck my balls a lot. We should probably explain that they have the body of a man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on. And the head of a bird. And wings. And wings. And socks. And socks. And they all, they've always got fat bellies. Yes. And penises. <laughs> yep. And balls. Yeah, but you don't see them because they're under the, the feathery thing that looks like a penis anyway. Yeah. I like that them saying that's just a cover is just literally a cover to get away with it because it looks like they're wearing a dick and balls. But it's like, no, 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 you don't have to censor I'm, I'm just explaining. it because it's just covering the dick and balls. It's, it's like a six-foot man, but if he with went feathers. to a furry convention. Yeah. And was a horrible monster of an And was asshole. naked. All right. So after the museum to uh, the koala character... No, Kenny the Koala's from Tony Hawk 4. Lenny? I don't remember. Benny? I just I look at him and he's a koala, and most of the time Mark doesn't remember the people's names anyway, which makes it hard for me to keep track of them, because no one says the names in the episode. The- Croatian Man is the Croatian Man the whole time. Toby's the fish, and I only remember that because that's my name. Um, He's also, the koala is very depressed most of the time. He's just He has a tough time. He gets attacked by a purse-snatching man-bird, Kyle. Um, it swings its wiener cover as a hefty weapon to beat the koala, uh, but then who jumps out of the shadows, Kaya? The quote... Apparently it's ru- Doug. Doug. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I'm annoyed by this. No, that's okay. Um, I, I, just, I love the quote, You'll rue the day I ever took my pants off. 
Grimes shows up to rescue the koala by turkey slapping the bird to death. Turns out that's his job. It takes... As, as he takes its sock as it dies, it squirts him with a pheromone. Um, you know how ants release that pheromone that when they die, like saying that there's great distress or whatever for other ants? Um, it's that. And the other man birds are going after Grimes now. And the only way to stop it for some reason is to kill this bird's mate. Yeah. I don't fully understand the science, but it's fine. They keep referencing it's 86 all over again, which I assume involved his penis killing someone. It's vague. It's vague stuff. Good stuff. Um, so after a very rare turkey slap scene on television, <laughs> still, yeah. let's, let's take a minute to drink that in. Uh, we watch Mark find the dead man bird's baby. He decides that he can raise it to not be vulgar. Yes. He names it Albert and teaches it to sing. Yeah, he just gives it an iPod. Yeah, he just keeps giving it an old iPod. Again, probably relevant at the time, but became a cute old-timey reference now. Yeah. I like that this shows a period piece for like six, seven years ago. It's very... Um, oh, shit, it's 2020. It's, it's older than that. Yeah. But it's fun to look... Times change it's, way it's quicker very, now. It's a very weird pop culture capsule. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that stuff is weird, but it leads to Randall getting into cockfighting. A bit more literal than most kinds, because, you know, the manbirds literally smash each other with their dick weapons. Um, Grimes ends up surgically becoming a manbird. Unlike the movie Tusk, though, it's pretty much just a costume that's stitched on to him. Mm. Grimes is doing this because the best fighter out there is the father of that baby I mentioned. El Toro. So... As that's building up, Mark is doing a bad job at raising a bird baby. It pisses a lot. He throws it off a building thinking it will fly. Um, it's, it's, it's odd. And to make it even more odd, Callie is in and out talking like a noir quick-witted dame. As you do. Yeah. And Leonard's in cryosleep the whole episode. As you do. Yep. Um, but the fight comes up, and that's where things sort of go down. It's good. It's cool that the news report about the big Madison Square cockfight is done by alan wider again mm-hmm. D- do you remember him no i'm uh, the man from the original concept no okay so the <laughs> the show was based around a flash animation yeah, of the man interviewing like five of a yes, thing about a topic this. it's that guy oh okay i like that they keep bringing him back in for news report cameos this is it's a fun detail it's weird that the main guy of five on didn't really make it to ugly americans but it's exciting when he pops up yeah i can't think of any other cameo like that except for the rabbit from the simpsons and macaroni and stuff but it's very rare that someone uses like their concept art as a cameo Mm. does that make sense yeah i mean kite man looks a little bit like the original batman (laughs) design but that's more of just a bob kane incompetence thing that we we'll probably figure out on another episode. Okay. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do a slander fucking episode about Bob Kane. It'll be great. I'm surprised we haven't done one on Stanley yet. Because because like everyone loved him and then he died and it seemed weird to just like hang shit on him. <laughs> you know, even though he's a liar and a, you know we did a little bit in Stripperella. Hey, you should listen to our back issues. Back episodes, listen to us talk about Stripperella. Because, I mean... I actually like Stripperella. Yeah, and honestly, it's in the similar vein of, like, weird... 2000s TV shows that never should have been made. Yeah, like, adult animations and stuff. 
Um, yep, so the, the, the fight's happening. It's great. Um, Grimes wins and is cured of the pheromone. I guess it's the, it's just not mentioned. And I assume he's removed from the costume. They don't really mention that either because there's a lot packed into this episode. After the fight, though, Albert finally learns to fly and he flies on down from the crowd and goes to his injured father and sings Danny Boy. Me. Now, Kyle, how do man birds normally talk? Suck my balls. I'm going to fuck your mouth is another good quote I like by them. Suck my balls. Yeah, they, they talk like that and that's normal to them. That is their culture. That is their language. So this, his son appears and starts singing Danny Boy. Mm-hmm. His father disowns him and then dies on the spot. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't say suck my balls. And then Mark, like, leaves before he has to, like, deal with Albert anymore. He just washes his hands of definitely ruining this baby and just skedaddles. And the final word of this episode and season one of Ugly Americans is hand job. It's just something to think about. It's so a what good you, way to end things. It's a weird way to end things. I obviously didn't make it to my notes, but between hand job, the pissing and shitting, and the swearing, and just the ridiculousness, I don't think they th- expected another season. No. And I think they just ran it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, there is no way we're getting past And they were this. sitting on Manbirds since the pilot. Like, I think they were just, like, holding onto this one just for, just as, like, a, well, we tried, so bye. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't expect to see you guys again so long. Um, what do you think of the second half? Um, it's probably better than the first half. I think, I think it is. I think, I think the first half had like a few lower tier episodes, whereas even the lower tier ones in this end, like, um, the Clark Dunkery reality TV episode still has good moments in it. Yeah. Which I, which I feel like all... He's hard because we're Australian, but I feel like if we weren't, all the other bits going on behind that episode would kind of make up for him. It's not the fact that he's Australian. It's just a very grating character. Yeah, he is. But so most of the Australians we've met so far in our life here, where we live. True. Hmm. I suppose. I'll allow it. Do you have a homework question? It's the one thing I didn't do. As, as usual. I think we did roommates last episode. What humanoid animal? Oh, like a man bird? Would you like? Like a man bird or like Doug the koala? I'm going to go with Doug, no matter what the rest of the question is. Isn't he, like, he's just a no, little No, you have to man. make one. Oh. I a, like hu- him a humanoid animal. Hmm. Can't do man bad. He already exists. No. You know, I'm going to give one out to the people. I'm going to invent cat ladies. Those weebs are going to praise me. I'm going to have a statue built right next to the leaning note. Statue of Liberty, which I wasn't going to say Leaning Tower of Pisa, getting confused. They're completely different monuments. Shut up. I I keep going with Sea Cucumber. You want a Sea Cucumber, man. But I don't know how it would work. Send me fan art. No, that's just a a white guy with a big black dick. That's what that is. 
Or a big black dick with a white guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you chose this and then confused yourself about it. Exactly. A seahorse man would be pretty upsetting. And All pregnant and stuff. babies everywhere. Goat man. I'm dancing on your fridge, goat man. <laughs> Only if he's a fainting goat man. Alright, so you, so you just want a man that's a goat with like severe anxiety and a fainting problem. <laughs> yeah! Rigor mortis in the middle of New York because the man... Because just a, a loud car honked near him. Yeah. That's good. That's what I'm going with. That's my answer. Alright, great work. Good night. I'm still going with cat maids. Because I want that statue built. Elon Musk is dilly-dallying with whatever... Space exploration? Like, because he said he was going to do cat ladies. I swear he did. Didn't he? I don't know if he was serious or not. I just, I'm pretty sure that's a quote that exists out there somewhere. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen... I've been your host, Toby DePaula. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this felt like six months because it... Eh, whatever. Meow. Yeah. Um, remember to rate, review, subscribe, listen to old episodes because there's some gems in there probably. I don't know. Oh, and if you've managed to stick around this long, thank you for being here to our newest uh, pod team member. You forgot that you appointed someone to our um, audio, what do you call it, person that listens and he's like, yeah, that's okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, our quality control Quality guys. control! Glad to, to our quality control. We should have asked him for a stage name. I did, but then I forgot to actually get one. <laughs> Next episode! I asked him a question and then I refused to read his answer. Good night. <laughs> um, class dismissed.